Oh, yes. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host of the Dynasty Podcast, Darius Capers. Please check me out on my social medias at Darius Capers or Darius underscore Capers. Uh, please, please, please give the Dynasty Podcast a sub on YouTube. We are pushing towards the goal of 300 subs. We have been doing YouTube thing long, but 300 is on the horizon. Please also give us a follow on Instagram at the Dynastiers Podcast. Trying to go up on the following there, man. Y'all, y'all, y'all leaving me hanging, but it's okay. We're going to get that following on Instagram as well. Just as much on the YouTube. Please give one of our partners at the Capers Cares Foundation on Instagram a follow as well. They're doing a lot in the community in the Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill area. Trying to expand down there to Rayford as well. So please follow and tap in. Don't be afraid to donate. And last but not least, please check out uh my guest her information for her new job and what she does low corpse on instagram please do that give them a follow check them out they have a lot of good information on their page speaking of special guests have a tremendous tremendous special guest with me right now miss kiana speed she is a legend in college basketball a, a hooper to say the least Ms. Kiana, please introduce yourself to the people. Hey, um, so yeah, my name is Kiana Spate. Um, as Darius mentioned, I play college basketball both at Davidson College for my undergrad years, for my first four years of college, and then I transferred to Campbell University for my fifth um, and final year because of a, a previous ACL injury. So I transferred for my grad year, and that's where I finished off my career. Um, yeah. And I apologize. It's spate, not speed, right? Spate. It's spate, okay. yeah. Okay, cool, <laughs> cool. Want to make sure I'm, I'm giving you the respect that you so, so <laughs> deserve. And you guys will realize why I'm saying that, because if we're just looking at Miss Kiana's high school numbers, high school numbers are tremendous. From Conway High School in Arkansas, if I'm, if I'm, my research yeah. is correct. Arkansas. Ooh. I'm looking, it says you averaged about 17 points in high school, two steals, three assists, four rebounds. <laughs> Taking <laughs> us back, aren't we? <laughs> gotta gotta go back, gotta go back and, and give praise where praise is due. Scored 700 points in two seasons. That's that's tremendous. You know, people people speak efficiency from the three-point line. Kiana is the staple of efficiency. 40% from three, 50% from the field, 56% from the field. That is amazing. Also says you made it to the Arkansas 7A state title game. Yeah, we made it my junior and senior year. That is amazing. See, furthest we ever went in the high school playoffs was the third round, and we <laughs> we got bounced by teams a lot better than us. That is amazing. And it says you were all conference in 2014, 2015. I'm seeing other accolades. You got all USA Arkansas girls second team. That is team Mike Conley versus uh, Arkansas versus Tennessee all-star game, all tournament, state all tournament team, three-year varsity player. That is, that is amazing. Like what more can you want in a high school career, essentially? I mean, other than a torn ACL, not much. <laughs> Um, no, uh, I loved high school. My high school team was pretty, pretty good. As you can, as you can see, a lot of us ended up going to, uh, board to play in college. Um, we have a couple of people who went on to play pro after that. So 
we were a great group of girls. We challenged each other. And then we stuck together from, we actually started playing together in fifth grade for AAU. And we stuck together all the way through senior year. So by that senior year, you can obviously tell we were meshed and we were just, we were just having fun out there. That's amazing. And you mentioned a torn ACL. If, if I'm remembering correctly <laughs> from what I read, you had a, a few injuries playing basketball. Yeah. So, um, now looking back, we can, I can definitely say that my injuries were a blessing in disguise. So going back to high school, I tore my left ACL my right before my junior year. So played that sophomore year of summer ball. I was feeling good. Like this was going to be my season. I just felt it in me. Um, and this is where recruiting really starts to pick up um, right before that junior year. So I felt good going into that junior year, tore my ACL in that last recruiting period. So I missed my junior season, came back my senior season, played that season. Um, excuse me. And then um, went to Davidson freshman year, played that season, tore my ACL, start of sophomore season um and then also broke my wrist that season so that's where that red shirt came in um it was actually kind of funny how it happened a post player was trying to block my three point somewhere he wasn't supposed to be out of that paint you know um right. and he wanted to fall on top of me um so that was the broken wrist came back played two games and then tore my acl um and then from there when I got to, from that point on, people called me Grandma Key because that's how I was, I was <laughs> playing for the rest of my years because I was barely getting along just because I had two bad knees. But, you know, it was a blessing and curse because I w- wouldn't have ended up at Campbell um, and ending my career the way that I did. So, And so, man, the second one was the opposite knee? Uh, yep. So the left knee yeah. in high school, the right knee in college. Man, it's the... I can speak from experience because I actually tore my ACL when I was at Campbell. I was kind of training, trying to be able to walk on to the team. And I just playing, playing in the intramural game, just, you know, went one way, my knee went the other way. And it's just, it, it happened so fast, man. And It really does. Just doing routine things that you do yeah. every single day. Um, that first one, I was passing the ball and then I guess my knee decided it wasn't, it wasn't having it that day. Um, And then that second one, it was one of those plays where you turn the ball over and you do that little fake hustle play, you know, where you chase after a person where, you know, they're going to make their layup. And so I was going to turn back around and it just, just collapsed on me. So. Yeah. And I can definitely, I don't want to stick on the, on the negative too long, but I can definitely tell you that I understand the, you said grandma key. I was feeling like a grandpa once I tore mine because I tell you like my athleticism coming in from high school, I I was dunking, catching lobs and that happened. Oh, all that was out the window. (laughs) That, that, that jumping, moving quick. Yeah. it, It definitely leaves you. It's a lot, a lot easier to lose it after that, something like that than to get it back. So man but even despite all of those injuries you still very successful from what I've seen so I mean uh, that kind of takes me right into the first question I had for you what made you fall in love with the game of basketball when I read that question it was actually kind of funny um because you ask me now I don't think I 
loved the game. Um, mm-hmm. I think the game kind of came to me. I was good at it and I realized where it could take me. Mm-hmm. Um, believe it or not, throughout uh, throughout high school, I actually ran away from it. Um, mm-hmm. I was a cheerleader. I played softball. I did all of those little sports that my parents didn't know anything about, so they couldn't tell me what to do. Um, (laughs) um, But I think eventually, now that I am able to reflect on the sport and the journey that it took me on, I think I loved what basketball brought me um, rather than the sport itself. So, you know, I fell in love with the process of continuously pushing myself, continuously, like, having something to improve on um, and striving for that perfection, maybe not ever reaching it, but always having something to work towards. Um, I thrived in my one-on-one sessions with my trainer. Um, I love that hour, hour and a half that I got with him about three to four times a week, um, just because I always felt like I went in wanting to learn something, wanting to get better at something. And I walked out a little bit better at it. Um, and I, so I think it's that continuous process that you are always going through in basketball, um, that I fell in love with rather than, um, just the sport itself. Right. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, however you, you got to get to the, the game that you end up using to get through school for free, to get to where <laughs> you want to go it, at the end of the day, yeah. as long as you got there. Right. But you said you were a three sport athlete. So Cheerleading, softball, basketball. <laughs> Which one were you the best at? <laughs> Let me guess. Um, definitely basketball. It mm-hmm. was it was what I was best at. Um, it was what I could push myself the most. At. I I didn't. I was an athlete. Um, I had the skill set to play really anything that I put my mind to. Because I, I, I'll say this again. I, I was never okay with being average. I always wanted to be the best at whatever I did. Maybe I wasn't but I wanted to be the best and I was willing to do whatever to get there. Um, So I did the competitive cheer. I did the school cheer throughout high school. And then the only thing that stopped me was them telling me I wasn't going to graduate with enough credits if I did all of these sports, because all of them were in different periods. So I had to pick one and basketball was the one I chose. So That's amazing, man. That's, that is, that is truly a testament to, just the type of person you are because I mean I, I I know you I know you fairly well I mean we were in class together I work with you guys at Campbell and everything I've heard of you from like about you everything I've you know just witnessed it's just greatness you know I mean just striving to be the best and that's amazing so and it, it that's something you can't learn that's something that has to be instilled in you from a young age and that you just have to have that self-drive a lot of athletes don't have that drive. A lot of athletes are just, I'm just good at it. But even wanting to be great is something that you, that, that shows. I mean, that, that just shows. That's amazing. I just want to say that. That's amazing. Yeah. So next question, we're sticking with basketball since that was, that was your sport. That was, you know, the one you said you were best at. What is your <laughs> favorite moment from basketball? Do you have a moment that anytime you think of the sport, whether it be high school, college, Tom at Campbell, Tom at Davidson. Speaking of Davidson, did you ever see Stephen Curry? That was that was one of the yeah. questions I had in my mind too. I actually met him before. So um I was my team was out traveling. I wasn't allowed to travel because I was on crutches and they kind of used it as a motivation factor where 
you're not allowed to travel with us until you're able to walk down the airplane aisle, right? Um, and so I was left behind that trip and the men were playing someone, I don't remember who, and it was the big game where Steph was going to come and watch. He came around about three or four times a year, probably. Um, and I was watching in the little alleyway cause I didn't feel like dealing with the crowd. So I was watching there and he was walking down to the bathroom away from his seat and he stopped and he's like, do you want to come sit with me? Cause I was standing watching this game. Yeah. Um, and I was so nervous and I was just like, no, I'm fine right here. <laughs> Knowing I was uncomfortable, armpits were hurting, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to stay here. So that was my one encounter with him. But um, other than that, you know, he was always around the men's team and around the campus. So, yeah. yeah. That's amazing, man. That is, <laughs> is awesome. That is awesome because when, like I said, I was doing my my dive of your basketball career, and I said, "Wow, I forgot they said she played at Davidson. I wonder if she ever messed up." So I had to, I had to get that question on there for the yeah. People. I get that question a lot. Immediately when I say Davidson, people are like, "Oh, you must know Steph Curry," and I'm like, "He was there years before me." Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome though. But go, going back, I I don't think that encounter would be the favorite basketball moment, right? So. Well, what is that, that would be sad if it was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would okay. honestly have to say it was near the end of my career. So at Campbell, mm-hmm. um, it was our senior night. And that was the game that solidified that we had won that conference championship, that regular season conference championship. So the trophy came out. It was our senior night, which meant all of my family was there. Um, which they didn't really get to come to a lot of my games since they were so far away. They're always watching on the computer, wherever we were playing, um, but they were never a- not able to be there that often. So the fact that all my family was there, my brother came in, surprised me during shootout. I had no idea he was going to come. And then behind him walks my basketball coach from YMCA days. So I was like three, four years old. We were living in Miami and he walks in as well. So it was like this full circle moment to see from like, that's where I started. Um, that was my first ever basketball coach. And then for him to be there when I won that conference championship as a college, uh, what was I, a grad transfer? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just kind of a bittersweet moment. And it was the first championship I, th- I had ever won. So it was really nice to be able to celebrate that with everyone that was so important to me and, and played an integral part at each step of the way. Um, so that was really nice. And then it ended up being one of the last games I ever played. So bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. That that's man. That just, that just shows what the game does for people. Cause like you said, starting at three to four and then, you don't realize those those rules, those things that those coaches teach you as a little kid, they stick with you going going into your adult years. And that's amazing. And I would like yeah. to let everybody know I was one of the practice squad players. <laughs> I take special, you know, joy in that conference championship they had. No, you absolutely should. Um every I and that's what I think a big part of college, a difference between college and high school is that preparation. In high school, yes. if you're good your skill set, your your talent can carry you so far. But in college, everyone's good. So it's what little bit of extra are you are you willing to do? Um, and that's going to put you a, a level above everyone else. So practice players are integral to, to every good team. 
Absolutely appreciate those kind words for us practice no, players out there. Of course. Kind of sticking with Campbell women's basketball, though, how was that transition for you from going from Davidson to Campbell? Because if I'm not mistaken, aren't they in the same conference in terms no. of they're not? So oh, okay. Davidson is in the Atlantic 10. Okay. Um, and then obviously Campbell's in the Big South. Yeah. Oh, okay. And okay, cool. I will say it was a difficult transition. Um because yeah. basketball is not basketball. <laughs> um, yeah. coaching styles were night and day um, the um, the system was night and day so at Davidson we played more of a read and react offense where it was just motion um, and then Campbell was set plays um, you did what you did best and you stuck to it type thing <laughs> Um, and then obviously the environment was a little bit different. I was at Davidson for four whole years and I built relationships with my teammates. And I think relationships are play a big role in the chemistry on the court. And so I had, I would honestly say about two or three months to get it together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so I really had to like, kind of put myself out there and make an effort to really connect with the girls and also as like the first grad transfer to ever come in to Campbell women's basketball. Really? It was also kind of a, like I was setting, setting the tone there. Um, so a lot of the girls, they all know this. A lot of the girls looked at me like, what is she doing coming in here? Like, who does she think she is? Um, and I kind of had to like break that wall down and be like, Hey, I'm here to play basketball. I'm here to win games, you know, I want to be your guys' friend, honestly. Um, I take basketball seriously, but at the end of the day, it's not my end-all be-all. And so really creating relationships was a a big thing for me that first couple of months on campus. Um, And then just stepping into a very senior role right off the back. Um, I didn't have the time um, to, you know, be a freshman I had to come in and kind of show my experience um show my seniority so that was the biggest transition for me honestly right yeah that's that's amazing man I didn't even know you were the first grad transfer ever to come into campus yeah and from, since then um coach Ronnie just sends them all to me and he's like hey she did it right <laughs> see how it worked for her um but you know it was like I got two masters out of it. I got a championship out of it. So everything kind of just fell into place for me at Campbell. So, yeah. And I definitely want to tip my hat to you for the coming in and being personable with, with your teammates, because again, just, I, I kind of knew you guys kind of well, I, I wouldn't say we were like, we, we were like the bestest of friends, but from what I knew of you guys, you guys were truly, truly really close. Like you seem like you guys did everything together. <laughs> always see you guys walking around campus, getting food together, going to waste together, going to the gym together. That's just, and that's something that we have to tip our hat to because a lot of teammates don't like each other sometimes, and especially <laughs> you like you all. mentioned. It, yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and a lot of transfers that come in sometimes, like you said, they aren't accepted and they're kind of to themselves versus trying to integrate themselves into the team. So that's definitely something to tip your hat to because that's amazing. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I wanted, I wanted the girls to know that I was just going to work just as hard as them. Um, I was going to be down in the trenches with them. And I know sometimes um, coach Fisher, but you know, set me as an example and I didn't want that. 
Um, I wanted to be treated like everyone else on the team. Um, and I knew they wouldn't respect me unless they saw how hard that I was working. Um, so, you know, getting in the gym a little bit extra than I wanted to, than my body would allow sometimes, um, running sprints, even though my knees were telling me, stop it, girl. Um, (laughs) it was just, you know, being that example for them to be like, Hey, she's fine. Um, she's not walking in here, like all high and mighty. Um, It was just, you know, putting myself on the same level, connecting with them, just showing them I was a person outside of basketball. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's, that truly is a is a testament to the type of teammate you are, the type of leader. That's that's amazing, man. That's definitely amazing. And taking off the player jersey now, putting on your your coaching uniform. If you had to give an up and coming basketball player any point of advice or any piece of advice that you learned from whether it was in your YMCA days or whether it was you being the the grad transfer leader at Campbell University. What is that one bit of information that you would give? I have a couple. Um, Yeah, let's. (laughs) No, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Something my dad always told me was next play, next shot, next one. Um, It's something that I carry with me now um, because I was someone who really harped on, oh, you just missed that shot. Oh, you just had that turnover. Um, And I missed the next play. Um, so just kind of keeping your eyes open to the bigger picture. Yes, that bad thing might have happened, but let's move forward and see what we can change moving forward. Um, so like, don't dwell, don't dwell on something that may have not went your way. Um, but kind of like control what you can control next. Um, cause you can't control your playing time but you can control how hard you're going to work on the court. You can control how you um, develop as a player, as you develop as a person. Um, So just always looking to the next thing. Don't live in the happiest moments. Don't live in the deepest trenches, um, but look forward to what's happening next. Keeping your eyes up. Um, What else? And then the, the the cliche hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I can I'm I'm I think I'm a best example of that because I was never the best person on the team, but I was gonna work the hardest or be one of the hardest working person people. I was gonna put in that extra time. Um, and I, I like I said, my dad often called me mediocre when I was growing up, so it's like a trigger word now. <laughs> um, but I just did not want to be average. Um, And I wasn't going to settle for being average. Um, And I think a lot of the times in college, people are used to being the best. Um, So they kind of get to college and think they're going to coast. And that's when they realize like, oh, crap, like I'm not the best anymore. I have to actually start working for it. Um, And so I just think that hard work is something that had carried me through each stage of my career. So that cliche is actually true. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, you hit a 137 threes at Davidson. You hit how many threes did you hit at Campbell? Um, I'm drawing a oh 66. So that's about 200 threes in your career. That's that's pretty good if you ask me. <laughs> I mean, so that's but yeah, that's that's definitely true. I'll I can attest from experience. That's probably why. I look back on like, you know, when you're, when you're grown, you think about like, man, what could I have done differently? And I think back on 
how I was when I played in my younger years. And I was honestly that way too. Like I would soak so bad sometimes. I could I could get 15 points, but if I miss the next two, it's just like, oh, what is going on with me? And that's that's something that the great players don't have. And so like I take that piece of advice even to my work now. Like, oh, I messed up on that report. Oh, I spelled that word wrong and sent it to my manager. Like, don't worry about it. Get the next thing right. Make sure you do the next four or five, six things right. So that's that's a good bit of advice to have. And kind of moving forward into your adult life, you'll miss the next opportunity if you're you're just thinking and brainstorming on how you could have improved on that last opportunity. Um, so just always like like I said, seeing the world around you and not being so internal, like, no, it was me. Um, Cause if we're thinking negatively, that's where we're going to, that's the space that we're creating. That's the vibe that we're creating. And then everything that happens after that is going to exude that. So. Definitely. Definitely. Let's, let's look at sports now from a viewer standpoint. Do you, do you enjoy watching any sports? Are you a fan of any, any type of sports? <laughs> Really? Okay. <laughs> so I'm a person that watches with company when, you know, I'm invited to things or they're like, oh, let's go watch this game or during the important moments of the season. So like the playoffs, mm-hmm. uh, March Madness, that's when Kiana starts to tune in. But I can't say I watch it on the regular. <laughs> right. OK, no, that's OK. That's OK. That, that's good. A lot of people are that way. It's the NBA season's too long. The WNBA, they're playing, it seems like, year-round. It's just college basketball is a 30-something game season, plus the yeah. March Madness is, what, extra seven, eight games. It's just – it's a lot of fo- – it's a lot of games. And football season's <laughs> now 17. Yeah. It's just so much. So much. So now, pivoting into your life now, doing a little more research, like I said – See, you're into fitness now, right? Like you're you're into the fitness lifestyle. I am into the fitness industry. Um, and again, shout out to Flow Corps. Give them a nice yeah, Flow Corps. Here we go. Um, yeah, no. So I think it's a manifestation of like how intertwined sports have been into my in my life. Um, being a part of team of a team for one. Um, so honestly, going back to you know COVID hit right that ended my season. We didn't get to play in that tournament um I thought that was going to be my year that I made it to um the NCAA March Madness tournament I thought that was going to be my year um but COVID happened and so coming back as a grad assistant I kind of felt stripped of my identity never did I ever like identify myself as an athlete I was always student athlete because I took school very seriously um but when I came back as like kind of a grad assistant coach whatever you wanted to call me at the time I did not know who I was and what I was doing because all of a sudden I didn't have practice I didn't have to go to weights I was just kind of on my own Um, I was able to create my own schedule Um, and so after that I was like oh wow I need to move my body because someone's not telling me to move my body but like I know this is what I enjoy doing um and so fast forwarding to when I moved to Raleigh permanently, I got into group fitness. So I started boxing um, and I loved it. And I think it was because I was, I still felt part of a team. Um, I was around these people when I wouldn't show up to my typical class, people were holding me accountable. Like where you been Kiana? 
Um, and then I, since I was a little athletic still, the coaches started picking on me, right? <laughs> so they would be like, I know you can do better than that. Pick up heavier weights. And so I liked that little motivation as well. Um, and so gradually I needed a, I needed a hobby because I had too much time on my hands. And so I always felt like I, I was good at the workouts, but I, but I wasn't good enough to teach it. Um, but then I really got close with one of my instructors and, you know, it was that little whisper in my ear that kept telling me, just do it, just do it. Um, so I actually started teaching. So I am teaching, um, they call it functional reformer or yeah, reformer Pilates. Um, so I think it's a big fad now, honestly, but it's on that machine and you're doing Pilates. It's the total opposite of basketball because it's slow. It's graceful. It's not like hardcore rah, rah. Um, but I absolutely love it. Started that about a year ago. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. I'm a, I'm a little fitness guy myself because I, I tell you, man, you, I don't, I don't feel as fit as I used to be back at 21 and 20 when I was running around against yeah. y'all, man. I, I don't feel it <laughs> anymore. Like you said, the knees, who that's, that's yeah. what you feel. And honestly, I feel like the second I stop moving is when it's going to start to hurt. Yeah. So um, fitness is a stress reliever for me now. It takes me into a different space. It's where I feel my most confident. Right. Um, if I do not create movement in my body every day, it just kind of turns me around, um, whether that's walking. I, I call myself a gym whore, honestly, because I box, I do the Pilates, I lift. It's kind of like we wake up and we're like, what do we feel like doing today? <laughs> um, and that's what we end up doing. Um, I've tried a little bit of everything, um, just hopping around all the different gyms around Raleigh. That's dope. Okay, so it's no schedule. It's just, hmm, we're going to box today. Hmm, we're going to run. Oh, no, we're on a schedule. So it's funny because in college, coaches tell you we have a 6 a.m. workout and you're like, really? You want me to wake up that early? But now I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Um, And it's just like something I do. Um, And it's it's my routine. I may not know what workout I'm going to do, but I I set my alarm every day for 5 a.m. to go work out and get it get it in that's dope and see that pretty much kind of answers what I had for the second part of that question taking that basketball mindset because it sounds to me like you give whatever that activity is for that day you're all and you try to be better than the last day that's that's oh yeah oh yeah um for sure and I think taking that into instruction as well um whereas because clients are coming in and they're paying, obviously, their memberships. I want to give them the best experience possible. Um, so I, I I create my own playlists. I program my own classes. And I want them to enjoy their movement. I want them to get into this flow state um, and feel better than when they walked in. Um, so whether that's me bringing the energy, whether that's me, you know, how are you today? Um, so I just try to be the best instructor as a person And then as an instructor that I can be for them. Um, And that's continuously like watching YouTube videos, researching on different exercises, just not being complacent is how I approach fitness these Mm -hmm. days, both in my own workouts 
and um, in the in the workouts that I lead during class, because I, I just feel like if you feel like you're the best person in the room, you're not in the right space. Right. Um, so, like I said, continuously trying to be a better instructor, continuously trying to get stronger in the weight room or get better in boxing. Could you not? I punched myself in the face yesterday because I missed the bag. Um, so little things like that, trying to improve every single day um, is something that I just I keep in my head. That's 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 amazing, man. That's just that that pushing yourself to want to be better than the previous day. That's awesome. And see, you mentioned the playlist. You mentioned the playlist. So when I was thinking Pilates, I was thinking of like kind of like a yoga type thing, like quiet. And you guys, <laughs> you guys play music when you're doing Pilates. We we get it in. Um, so that's the thing. It's it's slow, but it's very functional and it's still strength based. So. You'll have to come try it sometime, but everyone that comes in, my, my job, my goal is to make your muscles quiver, right? So we have these springs that create resistance that create, you know, that, um, the strength building part of it. So it's not stretching per se, but we're targeting those small twitch muscle fibers that heavy lifting can't really get into. Um, so, so going back to the playlist, Yes, we play real music. So, and it's really just a mood dependent thing. And this is how I was while playing. Um, If I was sad, I would be playing slow music. You would never know it because I was vibing, but like slow music, throwbacks, maybe Jonas Brothers one day, but then we're playing the hardcore rap the next day. That's kind of how my playlists in class are. Um, I had, we had Justin Bieber and Justin Timberlake the other day. And then the next day we had Nicki Minaj and Lizzo. So like um, <laughs> very all over the place. Yeah. Um, that goes again to show like, I just like to create a, an experience where I am. I want to share that with everybody else. Um, and so we're all over the place with our music. Yeah, definitely opposite ends of the spectrum if we're looking <laughs> at Lizzo and Justin Timberlake. I, I, but I like that though. I like that. Yeah, yeah. So even in my apartment gym, sometimes I'll be playing my music out loud on the speaker. Mm-hmm. I'll have to catch myself because I might be playing some Adele sometimes. Yeah. And people will walk in and just kind of look and be like, you're good. <laughs> um, but as long as like I'm able to sing to the music and kind of just vibe out, um, I'm in a good space. So whatever suits the mood that day, that's where we're playing. Okay. So it's no like this song or this album I have to listen to before I went to go play or before I do this new max. It's not a specific song you got. No. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, I get it. I get it. See, I gotta, I gotta. Play. I think if I know the lyrics, it'll get me there. Um, okay. Just being able to let loose and kind of go into that, that second, that second space where I'm not in my body, really. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just doing it. Right. See, yeah, for me, my, my lifting play, I gotta have my Forest Hill 2014 Forest Hill Drive on there. <laughs> Whatever I'm doing, I need to just, like you said, be rapping J. Cole. Yeah. So during Dreamville, I had a whole J. Cole playlist too. Oh, really? It was a whole it was J. Cole and then some of the Dreamville people that were gonna be at the festival. But once again, we were vibing. We were creating that, creating the tempo for what was to be experienced during that weekend. (laughs) That's dope. That's dope. And 
I'm trying to see if there's anything else I have to ask. Man, that's awesome. I might actually have to take you up on that. You say you guys are in Raleigh? Because I live in Wilson, and you know, Wilson's about an hour from Raleigh. My brother lives in Durham. I have no issue with being like, hey, bro, I'm going to stay hey, tonight with you because I probably won't be able to drive me. home. Don't see me. There's a location, two locations in Raleigh, and then there's okay. a location in Chapel Hill as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's always a good time. Always a good time. It, and I will say it's one of the hum- most humbling workouts I've ever done. Mm-hmm. People come in there all the time. I can bench 300. I can squat two, like whatever it is. And yeah. they get on that machine and they're like, well, game changer. Um, cause it really challenges your core, um, your stability, a lot of the, that posterior chain. So hamstrings, your glutes, your back muscles, it targets a lot of those areas, um, things that we're most likely going to be weaker in. Um, but it's fun. It's very fun. That sounds dope, man. That sounds dope. Uh, the, the last question I honestly have is what's going on in Kiana's life now, now that, you know, masters is done. You know, I I know you said you're 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 working as a trainer. Anything else you got going on in your life? You're back in school. What you what you got? So training is actually my hobby. So I do it all the time, but I actually work in clinical research for a full time. Um, So I work for it's called the contract research organization. So I'm basically that middleman between the people doing the research. So testing these medicines and then the sponsors that are funding these medicines. So I work with hospitals um, and make sure that they're following proper regulations so that if the FDA whatever to come inspect them and audit them that they would pass and be able to proceed with the research. So I do that full time during the day and then either in the morning and the evening I'm teaching or working out. So that's pretty much <laughs> my day. Um, so next steps for me are pretty much um, just kind of growing in my career, taking that next step. And I would say something that I've learned from basketball, you know, everything was planned out for me, point A to point B. And so stepping out of athletics, I've kind of had to do a lot of growing up and figuring things out. A lot of lessons have been learned, but like I said, um, taking it in stride, um, keeping my eyes open and always focusing on that next moment, that next opportunity, um, and leaning into the things that are challenging um, and not running away from them. Because um, a lot of intangibles I took from basketball, I'm applying in my life right now. And I would not be the same person had I not been an athlete. So God bless being an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, One last question I have, and then I will go ahead and let you, you know, give your plug for anything that you want to mention to the listeners. So I know you mentioned softball, cheerleading. If you would have, you know, maybe went to school for one of those, what would have been your your school of choice? Let's just say softball. What would have been your <laughs> softball school? Wow. Um, I don't know. Um, I wasn't actually good at softball. <laughs> 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 um, I was just there for the fellowship half the uh, time. Uh, Um, I really loved cheer, honestly. Um, but I knew that it wasn't going to take me to college for, for, for the freebies. Um, so I don't know. I wanted to stay home, honestly. So anywhere in Arkansas would have been a plus for me. Um, but obviously I didn't stay home and I haven't been back home since. 
So once again, basketball taking me places that I never would have thought possible for myself. So to answer your question, basketball was always the end game. Yeah. Just coming, well, I know I said last question, but just coming from Arkansas to North Carolina, how was like, how was that different for you? How was that transition? Was it, was it tough? It was tough. Um, I had a little country accent that people make fun of. Um, I got rid of it. Country <laughs> um, accent? People making fun of you in North Carolina for a country yeah, accent? Yeah, my teammates were just like, well, first of all, people are always like, Arkansas, where's that? Mm-hmm. Um, is that by Alaska? Is something somebody told me once. Wow. Um, nobody knows where it is. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Nothing's really there. Um, but I was a homebody. So that was the toughest part for me. I, uh, after I tore my ACL, a lot of schools dropped off basically saying like, we want to see how you recover, how you come back. Davidson was one of the only schools that was like, they came in after the injury and said, we don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, very good academic school. And so when I was like, no, I want to stay five minutes from home and go to UCA. My parents were like, absolutely not. They basically shit me off. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it was a big transition being away from home by myself. Um, and then balancing the academics, the school, and then also being social is something I struggled with at first. Um, but because I played basketball, I had a family already. I had my teammates, I had my coaches, and then being an athlete, just you naturally gravitate towards the other athletes as well. Um, and so that allowed me to adjust pretty, pretty well. Um but yeah, it was difficult, but I obviously have grown to love North Carolina considering I've been here for almost eight years. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it just, it made me laugh because, you know, North Carolinians have a bad country accent some places and just to hear them make fun of someone saying their country is just hilarious to me. And I think it was because a lot of my teammates were from everywhere else. And not the country. So the fact that I had one, they were just like, he just said that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, no, it was, it was fun though. It was fun. That's dope. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And last but not least, you know, again, I want to give you the chance to plug anything you want, anything you have going on, any of your classes coming up at, at Flow Corps, I want you to go in and plug that information because you know you might see a couple of us. You might see me because you know I gotta, my I gotta work on my core, man. It's it's just summertime now, and and that's something I would say about it as well is like sitting in a chair, like going from moving around all the time to having a desk job. Like my hip flexors were tight, my back was like, what is going on? And so I think that workout is beneficial for everyone and anyone. Um, it is for everyone. Um, so whether you're injured, we, we accommodate that. Whether you're an athlete trying to get stronger, you need to, your core to lift. Um, so it benefits that as a supplemental exercise. So I really recommend it to everyone. That's my plug. Um, come see me at Flowcore in Raleigh downtown as well as Sojourn. Um, I'm there. I'm at downtown Tuesdays at 6 and 7, 15 a.m. Saturday, uh, Sundays at 8 and 9 a.m. And then Wednesdays at 6 a.m. And then I'm at the other location on Saturdays. So anytime you're just trying to get in a new workout, try something different and have fun while doing it, come see me. Look, or 
Awesome. Cause man, working, working with Pfizer, I love it because I get to work from home, but man, I'm sitting in a in a chair six, seven hours of my day. It's just like Yeah, oh. it's it's crazy. Honestly, you forget to get up and then you're just like you get up and you're like, Whoa, I've been sitting down a long time. So yeah. So I love my Apple Watch. Apple Watch tell me, hey, it's not <laughs> Right, right. Um, Yes, but again, I, I just want to thank you, truly, truly thank you so much for making time out of your busy schedule to just come on here and just talk with me. You know, it, it's it's been an amazing interview from my standpoint, just hearing like just your your journey, you know, because we, I, I can relate with you. I've had a major knee injury and never recovered, but seeing someone that was able to have two of the same knee injuries that I had one each leg and then still recover, still be able to be a dominant college basketball player. That's amazing. You know, so I just, I really, really truly appreciate you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And again, everybody, please make sure you follow Kiana on Instagram. I will definitely make sure to leave her information in the bio below, in the comments below. Please give Flow Corps a follow also, follow us at all the pages we mentioned at the beginning. We'll leave those comments down below as well. And until next time, this is Darius Capers with the Dynasties Podcast. Thank you again, Miss Kiana. And until next time. All right. See ya.